Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. It's a brand new episode of Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cinema Geekly's Marvel podcast. It is Anthony and Aurora, and we are back to talk more Loki on Disney+. Plus. We have uh, an episode to make up for, so we're going to be talking about episodes three and four. Mm-hmm. I had so many... I was really excited to do the podcast last week, uh, and then we didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. After Well, I was really excited to... I. I wasn't excited to do the podcast last week because I felt like crap. But when I watched the episode, I felt excited to do the podcast. I had so many theories and so many ideas. And Aurora, none of that matters because now episode four has come out and it's obliterated every idea that I had. Yep. They don't they don't matter anymore. I can't wait till we talk about episode four. But let's start with episode three called mm-hmm. Lamentous. So, in this episode, the variant arrives at the TVA and attempts to find the timekeepers. And by the variant, uh, we of course mean uh, Lady Loki. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is followed by our Loki, who uses a tempad to teleport both of them away to escape Judge Renslayer. They arrive in the year 2077 on a planet called Lamentus One, a moon that is soon to be crushed by a planet, and the Tempad runs out of power. Loki magically hides it, and the variant Loki, well, I mean, they're all variant Lokis, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, who goes by the alias Sylvie, agrees to work with him to charge it. They sneak aboard a train bound for an arc. Uh, an evacuation spaceship which they believe can recharge the Tempad. Loki, however, gets wasted and draws attention to them, leading to a fight with the guards, who th- literally throw them off the train. Well, he yes. thro- they throw Loki off the train, but Sylvie follows him, only to find the Tempad is now broken, and the duo decide to finish the journey on foot and commandeer the Ark so that they can use it to escape. Sylvie reveals that the TVA's workers are not created by the TVA. They are all variants uh, and not created, of course, like Mobius claimed. Loki and Sylvie then fight their way through a whole bunch of guards and a crowd of people attempting to board the Ark. But before they get there, meteors from the oncoming planet destroy the Ark. And soon them as well, uh, presumably. Aurora, what did you think of episode three? 
All I want to talk about is the last five minutes of this episode because mm -hmm. I watched that four times. I'm not kidding. Oh, it was so cool, right? It was so cool mm -hmm. how it was shot. It seemed like a continuous shot. I don't know if it's, if that's how they did it, but it seemed like a continuous shot, like if there was no stops. Mm -hmm. And they both looked so cool. And oh, the, the whole thing was so yes. cool. Uh, it, so much of this was... I mean, so much of this, the, so many of the fights are good. Like, even at the beginning when Sylvie shows up at the TVA mm -hmm. and just completely handles the guards and takes yep. care of them. Now, the one thing that we should note is that at the very beginning of this episode, it's Sylvie with that guard that she kept, that TVA hunter that she captured. But yeah. they're, like, on Earth somewhere or whatever. And they're just having a drink, and she's trying to extract information from her. Uh, this is Sylvie enchanting her. But what mm -hmm. we learn is that those are real memories buried yep. deep within the subconscious of this TVA hunter. And that is the moment where she realizes that these are just variants, people pulled from the time stream mm -hmm. uh, to serve the TVA's purpose. But they were not created by the supposedly all-powerful uh, Grand Time Lizards, which uh, at least one thing that I have been able to maintain throughout this podcast, Aurora, is that <laughs> they weren't real. And I got nothing but mounting evidence uh, of this all the way until the fourth episode. But we'll, we'll, let's, not put the, let's not put the cart before the horse. Um, yeah. Now, the, the first thing I thought of when uh, she said that, you know, they are real memories and that... Uh, you know, there were real people before they worked for the TVA. I was like, it, does this mean that we're going to see Mobius in a jet ski? Just please. I mean, I <laughs> think we this. have to, right? <laughs> I just want that. I just need, they've been teasing it over and over again. I need them to give this to me. I mean, th this is a payoff that they have to make. And they have to. Uh, I, Aurora, the more you talk about this, the more I just want to start talking about episode four. Uh, <laughs> let's talk. Um, you know what I really loved is the train ride because oh, while great. it was while it was all it was mostly dialogue, we got a little bit of insight into Sylvie, who said mm -hmm. that basically she's been doing this her whole life, and in the next episode we get a glimpse of just how literally. She kind of means that. Uh, yep. So Loki's trying to like probe about her past, but there's not much of a past for her to talk about. Mm -hmm. So he talks a little bit about himself and opens up to her and uh, eventually drinks an awful lot. Uh, yes. I love that there's a little throwback to Thor when he smashes yep. the glass and says another. Um, <laughs> yes. I really enjoyed that. Uh, the whole, you know, there is one thing that they started here and they kind of continue into the next episode. Uh, and maybe we should save that conversation for episode four because there's so much going on there. But they, they planted a seed about how Loki feels about Sylvie. Right. And that is a whole conversation. Uh, yeah. I, but, you know, in yeah. this episode, I was re I really like their chemistry. They have really oh, good chemistry. There's, yes. I, this is one thing about this show is the chemistry that Tom... I'm, I'm starting to feel like Tom Hiddleston has amazing chemistry with 
everybody. Everyone. <laughs> yes. Like his chemistry with Chris Hemsworth is off the charts. His yep. chemistry with Owen Wilson off the charts. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my God. I'm, I'm blanking on Sylvie's name. Um, oh, it's killing me. I'll remember. I'll <laughs> remember it soon <laughs> enough, but his, uh, his chemistry with her is yeah. so Sophia DiMartino. Um, yes, his chemistry yes. with her is off the charts. Like he's just so, such a charming character, yeah. even though he's evil sometimes. He's <laughs> very yes. charming. I'm starting to sense a pattern here with Tom Hiddleston's skill as an actor. This guy mm-hmm. just gels with everybody. It feels like yep. he's so yep. good. Um, yeah, so much so that Aurora that I'm starting to think that it's not just the Loki character who is charming. I don't think he just plays charming. I think he's just a charming human being. It's just a charming human being. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, and, you know, I have to say uh, for anybody that is attracted to Loki, mm-hmm. <laughs> his look in this episode was amazing. His <laughs> ch- white shirt with the black tie and, uh, mm. and the hair. He just yeah. looked great. Yes. It was really uh, uh, nice to see. <laughs> him literally getting thrown. It was nice to see. It's nice to see. Five stars from Aurora. Um, him literally getting thrown off the train was funny uh, yep. as well. Like, y- usually when you throw somebody off a train, you're like, you know, at the next stop, they chuck you off. <laughs> they literally threw him out a window while it was moving. So yes. Sylvie's like, damn it. Okay. Uh just and they kept they kept showing the sky and showing that planet like moving closer and closer and it looked so amazing. Oh, the visual effects! It was so beautiful. Yeah, yeah. even though it's a, a terrible thing that's happening. Oh yeah, like <laughs> it looked beautiful. <laughs> it's the end of all life on this moon. Like yes. they will be absolutely obliterated. But there's yeah, never has destruction looked so pretty. Like. Yep. Look, Aurora, I don't want anything bad to happen to anybody. I don't want an apocalypse or anything. I I don't want everybody to die. But that being said, it is an eventuality that everybody Mm -hmm. will. So if we're all going to go at some point, I think I would like for a planet to crash into our planet. That would be amazing to watch. I feel like if I could watch it from a nice, safe distance, like... Yep. (laughs) That actually sounds so horrible. But I mean... If I'm nice and safe... by that time, you kind of like accepted your fate, right? Like, there's nothing. What What are you gonna do? There's nothing you can do. A yeah, planet that's is true. crashing into you. That's true. <laughs> there's nothing you can do. You know, so what? you kind of accept your fate, and you know, just yeah, you know, watch watch yeah. it happen. Maybe, uh, maybe I've had too much of this margarita already, Aurora. So I should rephrase <laughs> this and say, maybe it would be fun to watch like a lifeless body crash into another lifeless body somewhere out in space. Uh, yes. That that might be fun, where nobody gets hurt. <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't help it. It was so stylized in this episode. It, was it looked beautiful, gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, it's like terrifying, obviously, because there are really large pieces of this planet at times falling, mm-hmm. and as the episode comes to a close, the pieces that are like raining down are getting larger and larger, mm-hmm. and it's truly gorgeous, but also really scary. Like yeah. I can't imagine being on the ground there Um, yeah it's much it's much nicer to watch as a passive third party uh from a from a distance yep but oh 
It was it was so lovely. Um, I hate to disappoint anybody listening to this episode, but there's really no point in theorizing anything because mm-hmm. uh, Aurora, unless you watch this episode and had a theory and had it confirmed in the next episode, uh, um. I, I had one, but it's the theory mm-hmm. that I've been running with this whole time anyway. Uh, okay. And, you know, obviously we'll we'll get there, but all the other theories that I had particularly pertaining to who is really in charge of the TVA. Just all of that is out the window. I, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. We'll get there. Any final thoughts on Lamentus and what would you give it? Um, like I said, I'm holding on on my five because I will only give that if I see an episode with Mobius in a jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to give this a four and a half. Yeah, I gave this four and a half as well. I loved this episode at the time. I think I was going to give it four and three quarters. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then I watched the next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode four, the Nexus event. And by the way, Aurora, uh, this is a, I know we're going to cheaply plug geeklymerch.com a little bit later, but right now on the website, uh, there is all sorts of Nexus being merch on there so we have some really fancy nexus bean shirts and some mugs and some other things um that are all available on there and i'm sure we will once again mention it a little bit later but why not because nexus is in the title of this episode so i'm i'm gonna sneak in two plugs why not <laughs> um so as lamentus one is being destroyed around them loki and sylvie now or I guess we're just going to jump right into this conversation because this paragraph here that I'm mm-hmm. reading from synopsis of this episode uh, is just stating what everybody is sort of talking about when it comes to Loki and Sylvie. Uh, according to this paragraph, it says Loki and Sylvie have, quote, a romantic moment, unquote. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that creates a unique branched timeline and alerts the TVA, uh, allowing for their rescue, but also arrest. Mobius Mm -hmm. leaves Loki in a time loop uh, in a moment of uh, his past where Lady Sif told him that he will always be alone while also beating the shit out of him as well for cutting her hair as a joke. Uh, while Sylvie unlocks B5, Hunter B-15's memory to prove that she is, in fact, a variant, Judge Renslayer tells Mobius that Hunter C-20 died from a mental breakdown, but Mobius finds a recording of Renslayer interrogating the mentally sound C-20, who insists that the TVA workers are all variants. Mobius frees Loki from his time loop, but Renslayer confronts them and has Mobius pruned, apparently killing him. And Aurora, mm-hmm. I gasped so yeah. fucking loudly <laughs> when this happened. Yeah. Um, I was not expecting it. Yeah. I, uh, I was watching this episode with somebody, and before this happened, we were talking, and they were like, Mobius better not die. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, I agree. He should never die. And then this happened, and I gasped so loudly. Uh, I was very upset. Renslayer then brings Loki and Sylvie to the timekeepers themselves, Aurora. We see the grand time lizards. 
We do. They are very grand, but mm-hmm. uh, they kind of look like Chuck E. Cheese robots. Yes. Uh, you're, uh, for the kids out there, Five Nights at Freddy's. Five uh, Nights at Freddy's, yeah. Um, they uh, like I looked at them, and the CGI on them looked a little off. Yes. I'm like, yes. this seems like a cheap budgetary move from Marvel. Especially the after, the, after, exactly after the last episode, I was like, what is this? Well, uh, <laughs> what ends up happening is that Hunter B-15 shows up to help fight off Renslayer and the TVA guards along with Sylvie and Loki. And then Sylvie beheads one of the timekeepers, revealing them to be, in fact, androids at mm-hmm. best. Uh, a recovered Ren Slayer then prunes Loki. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this show going to be about? Uh, at this moment, Aurora, like every single one of my thoughts were like, okay, so Loki is in the show title, but she's Loki. Is this show just going to be about her now for the next two episodes? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I-, I didn't know anything. Um, Sylvie ends up overpowering her and demands to know the truth. But then, Aurora, we get a mid-credits scene Mm -hmm. where Loki awakens in what appears to be a post-apocalyptic New York City where he is greeted by several other Loki variants. Yep. Who inform him that he is, in fact, not dead. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, okay, number one, most important thing. That means Mobius is probably not dead, too. Uh, yes, and he's probably riding a jet ski. I'm really looking forward to it. Almost positive. I'm sure he's going to show up on one to save the day. <laughs> that would be amazing. With a gun or something. Yes. Yeah, I want him in some. I want him in some like Bahama shorts with like uh, yes. <laughs> some shades. Yes. A gun in one hand, a little yeah. umbrella cocktail in the exactly. other on a jet ski. Exactly. Yes. Yes. To save the day. Yes to all that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where to begin, Aurora, but let's talk about what did you think about episode four, the Nexus event? Well, let's start with the actual title, the Nexus event. Mm-hmm. It, it, if I understood correctly, the fact that the, the variant of the same person. Yes. Two, of, two variants of the same person. Yes. Are attracted to each other is what caused the Nexus event, correct? Possibly. So, because they said that they've never seen that type of Nexus event. It looked uh, different from other. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, usually when we see a Nexus event started, it's like a slow mm-hmm. arching slope on right. an angle. This one was almost red. shooting. It was red, <laughs> it was red and it was almost going straight up. Yes. Um, yeah. Now... It could be that the way that they've pushed, it's clear that Loki has feelings for Sylvie. Yes. Which I, makes sense because he's a narcissist. <laughs> Loki is such a narcissist, but it's also so weird because it's kind of himself, sort of. Yeah. It's sort of yeah. like falling in love with your sister, kind of. I don't know. It's a little <laughs> weird. Uh I was I thinking. Mean, I, I was. Would, I would say that that is kind of like yours. That would be like the ultimate soulmate. Is you? <laughs> I mean, nobody would know you better, yeah. presumably, than yourself. Right. Um, but part of me, like, there's a part of my brain that 
doesn't want to think about how weird all of that is and is thinking like they were about to die and because they were, they had no way to find them. And the, the big thing about this was that this was a Nexus event created during an apocalypse, which is what we've already established impossible uh, right. Because they tried to create them before at Pompeii, but nothing happened because mm-hmm. everything is about to be wiped out. But those are two variants who are at a place where they are not supposed to be supposed and they are be. about yeah. to die as well. And I was wondering if that was the reason the Nexus event yeah. was created. Not necessarily that Loki has some funny feelings <laughs> for him sort of self, uh, yeah. but maybe that's part of it, too. Uh, they really lean into that in this episode. Yeah. Uh, But that is a big mystery. Like, why did that happen? Um, And, okay, so, there's so many things in this episode. I'm going to try to rattle off a few of them. Uh, It's it's fun to see Jamie Alexander back as Lady Sif, even Mm -hmm. if she is not back in an official capacity. Uh, She hasn't been seen since Thor the... Oh, no, since the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That she did sometime after Thor the Dark World. But nobody knows what happened to her. I think the Russo brothers or whatever said that like, she's not dead. Like she wasn't on Asgard when it was destroyed, but mm-hmm. this is the first time we've seen her. Now this is just in a time loop where Loki cut her hair off, which apparently according to the comic books is something that has happened a lot. <laughs> Loki, that trickster. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, th- I can see this actually would be like a horrible punishment. Uh, yeah, I was I was trying to think like what would be the time loop that they would put me in. Yeah, right. We're like <laughs> what will be the moment for me that will be a, a, a constant punishment? <laughs> yeah, like it just happens to you. Like this one in particular isn't even that. No, like no. he just gets beat up over and over again, but eventually he's like admits to memory Sif. Yeah. Like everything about him. He's just like, I'm but just I trying to get that- attention. I just, I crave it. I'm right. really sorry. Um, and she sort of forgives him. But I think that this time loop wasn't about him be- being uh, punched or beat up. It was the words that she says to him. They were really helpful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That you will and, always be yeah. alone. And hearing yeah. that over and over again, I think it was more painful than getting beat up. Oh, absolutely. Sure. That is a relatable point. Uh, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. like watching everybody sort of slowly realize, like it started with, um, the, the hunter that mm-hmm. saves them. Like when this goes all the way back to when Sylvie enchanted her when they were at that mall or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And she got a glimpse of who she was and, oh, can we talk about that scene? So she takes Sylvie from her uh, interrogation room and mm-hmm. takes her back to that mall or whatever. And she's like, I need you to show me again. And the performance yeah, from this woman is just unbelievable, like very yeah. moving and emotional. And all she says is I looked happy, I think. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and it's hard to tell that she was crying because it's like pouring it rain. It was raining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was so powerful. Like you could, uh, it was so good. There's so it many great beautiful. things about this yeah. episode. Um, 
and all of these things sort of uh, come to a head. Like, obviously, we talked about Mobius dying-ish. Uh, mm-hmm. Clearly, I don't think he's dead, although this is not something that they've revealed. But if what happened to him is the same thing that happened to Loki, it seems to me that pruning them shunts them to another universe like a pocket universe or something. It's definitely not on the sacred timeline. It's someplace where all of these other characters are are sort of shunted. Mm -hmm. And when they get, uh, when they meet the timekeepers, which by the way, uh, somebody at Disney, you guys, Marvel, who, who, whoever, I know you're listening. I know Kevin (laughs) Feige's got this on a Spotify, like every week he's listening to this. Uh, you gotta do something with like the sound mix of these time keep it was like impossible to tell what these guys were saying yeah i I had to look at the subtitles yeah yeah i never turn subtitles on and i'm like okay i gotta go back and turn on the subtitles what the what the fuck it was worse than bane and the dark knight rises like i was really struggling (laughs) to figure out like there was so much boom and echo in their voices yeah um and the thing is that at the beginning of this episode, we see them. We see them first at the beginning of this episode. Yes, we see and their we eyes. And we only see and like a shadow and, and, and right and their eyes. And they look more intimidating then than yes. when we see them at the end. And that's yeah. why I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> so I had one big, I had one big theory mm-hmm. rolling through this episode. Uh, and before this, uh, it was actually going back through episode three. I'm like, okay, I know the grand time lizards aren't real. Like there's, mm-hmm. a, there's just so much going on here with the behavior of like judge Renslayer and other people where, uh, like I just, they, they can't be real. It's like, they don't exist or it's like a wizard of Oz type thing. And it turned out to be a little more wizard of Oz because mm-hmm. these guys were animatronics or androids or whatever, but they were being controlled. But by whom is the big question. And I thought there was uh, one kind of biggish name that has been, that was announced as being on the show that did not have a credit uh, and hadn't appeared in an episode yet. And that was Richard E. Grant. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if he's playing an older Loki who is going to be like, it's revealed that there's another Loki in charge of the TVA. For what mm-hmm. purpose? I don't know. I don't know if he wants to eliminate all other Lokis or what it is. I don't know. But then we get to this post credit scene, this mid credit scene, and we see all these Loki variants. And there is old man Loki played by Richard E. Grant as the original Loki wearing the like original comic Mm -hmm. book costume looking Mm -hmm. ridiculous. Uh, (laughs) There's also kid Loki is in there. There's also an animal Loki, which is uh, from the comics Mm -hmm. as well. I believe this was an alligator or a crocodile or something wearing a Loki helmet. (laughs) (laughs) And there was also... um, I think it was boastful Loki was listed in the credits, but uh, comic book folks seem to think it is a Loki variant who was deemed worthy of Mjolnir. And mm. what he is holding is a variant of Thor's hammer. Oh, okay. Uh, as well. So uh, they are all there. And not only are they in an alternate New York, 
but it's very clearly an alternate New York where the Chitauri invasion was successful because in the back right. you can see Avengers Tower also destroyed and partially mm-hmm. collapsed in the background. Uh, there are still some theories about who is in charge of the TVA. I'm not, I don't know anything anymore. The prevailing theory, uh, which we can talk about in a little bit. Um, there's a prevailing theory, which I guess makes sense considering, um, Ravana Renslayer clearly has a lot more going or much more attached to this. Yes. Uh, and there's, uh, some villains and some upcoming movies and stuff that have already been announced ahead of time. Like that seems like maybe that could be what's going on, but, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, uh, I <laughs> You know what? Can you talk for a minute? I got to gather some more thoughts. Can we just briefly talk about the fact that at the beginning of the episode, we see Sylvie and it connects to one of our other podcasts because it's Judith from Walking Dead. Yes, it is. (laughs) Okay. The person I was, the person I was watching this with, she was Mm -hmm. also saying like, oh, she looks familiar. Like, is she on Walking Dead? And I'm like, oh, it's Judith. (laughs) <laughs> oh, she's the best. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she did so good. Um, yes. I, and I, I, it took me a while to connect that it was Sylvie. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> I thought it was someone else. I mean, I, um, I figured it. I mean, I figured it pretty quickly because our establishing shot is Asgard. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like I, I she had it. she had dark hair. Yeah, her hair is her. Maybe she has bleached it since i guess and that's why it threw me off because i saw that she had dark hair and i was like who's this uh yeah yeah but um she is captured at a very young age she's like very young seven or eight or something like that yes uh and then they just wipe her existence or whatever away and and there's a moment there's a scene where they're going up to see the timekeepers and she asks uh rinslayer you know, why was the Nexus event? What 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 did you What did uh, I do that? Yeah. yeah. And and she was like, I don't remember, which clearly she's lying. Oh, absolutely she knows. Yes. And I just can't wait to see what was it. Yes. I these are all questions that I'm like, I need I need to know these things. Uh yeah. there's a moment in this episode where she tells Loki that she grew up in apocalypses. Yes. Like jumping from like a, presumably um, because it sounds like she's it started with her just going from place to place trying to avoid the TVA, mm-hmm. and everywhere she went, she just created Nexus events because she wasn't supposed to be there. And eventually, presumably, she found uh, figured out that if you go to an apocalyptic event, that it doesn't cause any, and she presumably jumps out before mm-hmm. the apocalyptic event happens, and she just goes from event to event, and imagine like that explains why there's so little personal history for her because her whole life is just living in the worst possible moments of any one timeline in any one place Mm -hmm. um it's really a tragic backstory which yeah is it adds so many layers to her character uh okay so the it seems like the prevailing theory is that right now, at least is that the, the person really behind the TVA is 
a character named Kang the Conqueror, who is an an already pre-announced bad guy for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. He's already been cast. They've already mm-hmm. announced that he. this is who it is. This is who he's playing. Uh, apparently, in Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, when they're in the quantum realm, there's yeah. like a freeze frame moment where you can see like his domain is in the background somewhere. Mm. Like a uh, nerdist has done this a few times where they're like, here's the shot. And you can s- clearly see it looks like a kingdom or something like uh, like in the quantum realm. Okay. Um, but he in the comic books is a nexus being like Wanda Maximoff, which means that no matter what universe it is, he is always him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not he's not like uh, a, a blue Kang the Conqueror or a super muscly right, Minotaur right. looking dude or <laughs> uh, Lady Lady Kang. It's mm-hmm. not, he is always exactly himself, no matter what the right. the time period is uh, or the universe. Uh, so he is like Wanda in that regard, and in the comics, a very very close friend of his is Ravana Renslayer. So mm-hmm. people are making these connections like she's in a very high and like maybe it's Renslayer who is in charge of this place uh, working for him. Like, I don't know if we'll see him. I don't even know if it is him. Uh, if it is, what is the fascination with the Lokis? Because right. like, what is it like? Obviously, there's a large collection of Lokis. Uh, mm-hmm. And what is the story here? Like, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, he's a guy with all of this power and all of this ability. And maybe he has the ability to see through time or whatever. Like, he knows what the future is going to hold or whatever. Maybe he knows that a Loki unseats him or stops him or something. And. He's trying to, you know, go throughout the multiverse and just one by one, like eliminate them. Oh, nope. That's not the one. That's not the one. Let's keep. That's that's what I was thinking, because Mm. there's a moment where uh, Hermslayer and Mobius are talking and she's like, we've seen all of all of time. We've seen everything. And, you know, she's. Talking about the fact that they're friends and their friendship is something that's unique because we've seen they've seen all of time and yes. it's it's rare to find friends like that. But when she said that and then the ending happened, I was like, I wonder if whoever is behind this, no matter what happens, a mm. Loki always defeats them. Maybe, yeah. And then they're just trying to take care of all Lokis mm-hmm. so that doesn't happen, like to change time in a sense you know what? i'm really starting to buy into this theory a little bit because there is one of the things that always gets mentioned to loki and it's something that gets brought up between him and sylvie as well is that they always seem to lose they survive but they always seem to lose Mm -hmm. and there's also an absolutely adorably sweet moment where uh, Owen Wilson to Loki is like, like you can be a good guy. Yeah. And he just has this smile on it. Like Loki has this smile on his face. Um, oh, there's so much good. This was a, just a, 
amazing episode. I was blown away. It blew up all my theories. I don't know what there's two episodes left. I don't know what to expect at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of excited. you know I'm really interested to see if next episode is gonna be like a bunch of Loki variants working together. That would be amazing. Right? I I presume I presume so. But it would be even better if we saw a, a lot of Mobius variants working together. Oh, I would man. love to see an episode where it's just a bunch of an Owen army Mobius. of Mobiuses on jet skis. <laughs> uh, did you see the meme? Uh, the, Which oh, one? The, there's an Owen Wilson meme where he's in Loki's shoes at the in the mid credit scene, and he's like, "Am I dead?" And they cut like the next image is a bunch of Owen Wilson's characters from other movies. There's like lightning. Oh McQueen. yeah. I, I saw it. I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah I saw it. And I'm like, can that be a thing? Can they make that happen? Like they own, they own lightning McQueen. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I'm going to need a Mobius on a jet ski. Uh, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. they've teased me, Aurora. I think I'm going to need to hear Owen Wilson say, wow, his catchphrase. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he said now, which is close. He did. Yes. Uh, but I'm, we're going to need a wow. And I think they know. I think they are aware of, yeah. of the desire for this to happen. So I feel like we're going to get one of these. I would like yep. for Mobius to like Loki's in trouble. And Mobius is going to like fly in on a jet ski and hit like a sand dune. is like a ramp. <laughs> and he's going to crush a bad guy. And then he's just going to say, wow. Uh, and then I will just be, I'll just turn off the show. I won't even finish it. I'll be done. I'll go grab a cigarette and a drink and I'm done. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's make that happen. Any, or anyway, Aurora, any final thoughts on the Nexus event? Um, no, I, yes, this was great. We've said it, it all. Great episode. We said it all. It mm-hmm. was a great episode. I do have to say that, the fight scene at the end in front of the timekeepers yes. uh, where the, both Lokis are just fighting. Yeah. That was amazing. So good. <laughs> the fight choreography has been really good in this show. Oh, it was so good. It's actually been good in like all of the shows. Uh, yeah. Although there wasn't as much fighting in WandaVision for obvious mm-hmm. reasons, but uh, like the fight choreography in Falcon and Winter Soldier has been great. Great. Like, yeah, yeah this is rivaling. Uh, this is like uh, rivaling the stuff from like Daredevil and Punisher, which mm-hmm. had great fight choreography as well. But this is right up there with those shows. Yeah. And I love that he was like struggling and she, you know, throws a sword at him and she just continues without the sword. Oh, yeah. She's fine. <laughs> that was so great. Yeah. Uh, Sylvie's the best. Yeah. Uh, Okay, Aurora. So what would you give episode four? Uh, I'm struggling because Mm -hmm. I feel like this is a five. Oh, yeah. But he doesn't have Mobius in a jet ski. No, but we've talked about Mobius on a jet ski so many times in this episode that maybe it pushes it over the edge for you. Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a five. Yes. uh, I also gave it a five as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, A tremendous episode. Well deserving of that five. Yep. Uh, I am looking forward to, I mean, no pressure, Marvel, but I am looking forward to the next uh, five Geeky Glasses episodes as well. I'm sure the last two will be, look, uh, they are just on a roll right now. Uh, I mean, even if they give me an after credit scene of Mobius just just driving a jet ski silently, like just quietly, yeah. I, I will be happy with it. Ooh, <laughs> against a sunset or something. Yes, yes. Him and Loki riding off in the sunset on yeah. jet skis. 
skis is what I need. Like Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade. Yes. But instead of horses, it's jet skis. Yes. Uh, this is all yes. I want, Disney. <laughs> I don't think I'm asking for too much. Uh, okay, Aurora. That is it for this episode of the podcast. In the meantime, you can head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. Uh, of course, this show, like all of our others, is listener-supported, not ad-supported. And there are a couple of ways that you can help. And uh, I continue to thank you for all of the support thus far. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash cinemageekly. And uh, we've got a place where you can buy some, some t-shirts and some other uh, wonderful uh, accoutrements. Geeklymerch.com. Uh, the links for both are in the show notes for this episode, including... Uh, that Nexus being uh, shirt, uh, and there's a few other things. I think there's like a phone case. There's a few other things with that design on it, but all of those things are available in the store. Uh, link in the, de- I was going to say in the description, but maybe that's accurate too. I, I'm not sure what platform you're listening to this on. <laughs> so it's shown, it's like the, the show notes or in the description for this episode, depending on your platform. Um, okay, speaking of those platforms, this show is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Just search for podcasters of shield hit subscribe and that way you can come back next time to hear us talk about episode five the penultimate episode of loki on disney plus Plus.